Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Duck Walks into a Garden uh, with KV and Kitika. Uh, today we are talking about mental health and uh, Gitika being the resident mental health expert uh, will bring in her expertise in the field uh, to address some of, some of the common questions that uh, we might have uh, during the time of this pandemic. So let's jump into it, uh, shall we? Uh, so Gitika, I was wondering about uh, how do people actually decide that they want to see a therapist in the first place? Now, th- this is a question that's valid in general, but given that we are a couple of months into the COVID pandemic uh, and you know everyone's working from home, life has uh, changed significantly, life as, as we know it. And uh, for a lot of people, including me, uh, the mental health concerns that we might have had uh, to begin with, uh, they possibly get magnified because we are uh, cooped up at home or because uh, we can't uh, lead our lives the way we know it in general uh, because we are not allowed to uh, you know, move out uh, as, as much. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing for, for a lot of people, it, it's just become harder to cope uh, however, coming from an Indian background, uh, for me, a conversation about mental health wasn't really a part of my toolbox or I never really imagined that uh, speaking to a therapist or, or getting getting professional mental health help is something that was really relevant uh, to me. So how does one get over that uh, barrier and, and how does one decide that uh, they that that they would be better served if uh, they sought the help of a therapist. So um, I think there are a few things that you brought up. Like one, the impact that the pandemic is having on people's mental health, and then secondly, also how do people go about making the decision about how whether or not to seek mental health help. Uh, so I think I'll, I'll just address both those things in, um, in order. One is, of course, yes, the pandemic has, um, alongside the impact of the virus, is the impact of all this uh, fear and despair on people's mental health. Uh, people are home much more and they're forced to operate in like uh, under you know these limited conditions so a lot of distractions that were otherwise available to us are no longer available so people may have had some mental health concerns on a small scale perhaps even before the pandemic but the pandemic has pushed those has magnified those things you know to use a word you were using earlier but it has definitely magnified those things so uh, when it comes to making the decision to seek mental health help when uh, you you know become really aware of what you're struggling with people typically make that decision after they acknowledge to themselves that this is too much for them to manage alone it's almost something that they need to prove to themselves that they uh, could not do alone Uh, in my first session with somebody seeking my services 
i typically do ask them the question uh what helped you finally decide i need to talk to someone about this and typically that question is greeted with a series of uh, descriptions about different things that people have tried and found like found unhelpful after a point sometimes they will actually even describe different coping strategies that they've tried i've been meditating i talk to my family i do all these things but none of that is helping and sometimes people will actually describe a series of distractions that they've tried to use which have also not helped so i sometimes feel like people seek mental health help uh only after the crisis has been big enough that they can justify to themselves that they could not do this alone um i typically like to encourage people to see uh, a mental health professional as essentially a consultant so just like you would uh, have an expert opinion about your own needs but it's usually someone who's an expert on a particular topic who can share their expertise so i share my mental health expertise and get other people to basically take advantage of my mental health expertise to decide um how you know they could benefit from it um so yeah i think one way that people can decide about whether they need help or not is noticing if the goals they have set for themselves for their everyday lives or even their long term goals whether they are able to work towards those goals or is something uncontrollable coming in their way so it it's interesting about something uncontrollable coming their way and earlier you also mentioned that a lot of people who uh, seek a psychologist uh, they they've already experienced some form of a crisis and they realize that it's it's high time that they they sought uh, the help of uh, someone else in order to uh, mm-hmm. figure out uh, what what they can do to improve their life and those are two somewhat separate things i i i wonder whether it is smarter to get help before you reach that uh, point point of crisis and mm. uh, whether uh, there is a way for you to acknowledge that mm. uh, you are not able to function in in your life the way you were able to function earlier perhaps uh, yeah. like maybe you're not able to be as productive with your work or uh you know earlier you used to play a sport and then uh now you don't feel like playing that sport maybe you just mm-hmm. don't have time to play that sport but maybe also you feel like ah what's what's the point mm-hmm. so there are there there are a lot of these uh internal uh conflicts that that we deal with that right. uh you know prevent us from actually uh functioning the way in which we want to function mm-hmm. and I'm wondering how can one actually uh, recognize that and seek help at that stage before uh, all of that stacks up to uh, a height when it finally topples and then you're in in the middle of a full-blown uh, crisis. So hmm. for for example, uh, going back to personal experience, uh like like I said because of my upbringing, I never really considered using mental health help and the, the first time that uh therapy ever uh came on to the horizon as an option was when i saw the student counseling center in graduate school and that that's when i realized that hey it's it's actually this common natural thing that uh, you know students can actually use if if they needed to use it well i i did not have to use it at that point or maybe at that point i was still 
under the impression that I could just white knuckle my way through um, you know issues right. that that I might have faced at that time I de- definitely did have stressors but my coping strategies worked at, mm. at that point but because because of that mm-hmm. uh, because of that conditioning that that we have through life over mm-hmm. you know many many decades we uh, still find it hard sometimes to determine whether a problem that we are facing at this point is just something that uh, we can we can problem solve away and then right. our uh, anxieties or uh, the the feeling of uh, you know listlessness um, will just go away if we solve that problem or is it something that we actually need to seek help about right. uh, so how how does one uh, yeah how does one make that determination May, maybe mm. if 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 you are uh, anxious about your job then you could just uh, you know tell yourself that hey if i just work harder at my job then uh, this this problem will go away or maybe yeah. you have some health anxieties so maybe if you take care of your health then uh, sorry if you take care of your health then maybe you won't be anxious mm. about your health so uh, a, a lot of people and i certainly do this may approach this from the perspective of problem solving and sure. uh, the the assumption there is that you can just problems if you can problem solve your mental health worries away yeah uh, so is 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 that a fallacy or uh, do, do you do you find clients coming to you with uh, that argument um i think there are like two major things that strike me about what you're sharing one is um, is there a way to seek mental health help before it becomes a crisis mm-hmm. is crisis you know necessary before uh, seeking help and secondly is uh, therapy like a form of problem solving or is that your question no my my question was we typically think of our problems as things that are in mm. our control yeah. or even even if we don't consciously do that right. and and the assumption here is that if i solve problem x then mm. it's not going to worry me again in life mm. so it, it's not something that i would typically go to a therapist about like if, sure. if i'm anxious about my job then mm. the solution probably is getting better at my job and not mm. necessarily going to a therapist although right. I, i i do i do see that there, there is a fallacy there but i'm, yeah. I'm just wondering uh, do, do you do you hear that from your clients sure sure um i think i mean people do sometimes have like this uh, the they see themselves as machines i think sometimes we forget we are human and we don't work very in this uh, linear fashion the way machines do you know x causes y so this is the problem and that you know fix it so sometimes our our mental health concerns are an outcome of a lot of complex thoughts feelings experiences um let's say your stress at your job is not just about feeling stressed out because you're not able to fulfill a deadline but the stress is also not meeting that deadline means i am not smart means i'm not good at this you know there are a lot of thoughts it's not simply missing the deadline the missing deadline is creating a lot of thoughts and mm, and thoughts yeah and the thoughts and there there is a triangle of thoughts feelings and behaviors they work in close conjunction you know they work in close connection with each other so a lot of times the assumption that if i just fix this problem um 
my feelings will get resolved it comes sometimes from a very narrow definition of the problem if you keep thinking i feel upset at work because i keep missing deadlines if i just stop missing deadlines you know everything would be okay well if it was that simple you would have done it and my argument sometimes is um a lot of times people keep saying this to themselves all i have to do is x and then y will get solved um and sometimes people delay seeking help because they keep working on that limited understanding of their problem hmm. or their limited conceptualization of that problem typically when you find yourself not meeting your goals you are essentially not working at, at your optimal level of functioning the best possible way that you can function and i am encouraging you to define that best possible way of functioning define that on the basis of your own needs not who you're trying to impress not who your boss thinks not how your boss thinks you should function but how you personally want to function so when you find yourself not functioning in a way that you want to that's like turning on a switch and realizing the bulb is not going off so you need to figure out like okay i keep try- turning on the switch and the bulb is not coming on something is in the way how do i figure that out and it's not always as simplistic as um a linear problem solving model. yeah whenever you find yourself saying all i have to do is x and everything will be okay you know then you've already probably oversimplified your problem and uh, when that and then you know come up with an over simplistic solution and if that over simplistic solution is not working it's not your fault it's that your definition of the problem is uh, you know is uh, too simplistic so i typically encourage folks to seek out somebody to speak to somebody who's non judgmental who's not going to uh, you know um, try to give you advice based on their own personal interest but someone who's actually listening to you reflecting back your feelings and reflecting back what is important to you so that you basically find um you know you find some kind of a mirror um to look into to understand what's going on so i typically tend to encourage people to seek those kind of um options uh, out when they first start finding it hard to m- meet their goals if you suffer anything for more than 2 weeks safe to talk to someone that's from a clinical standpoint if you've experienced something for more than 2 weeks then you know that it's uh, you know somewhat unrelenting it's right. not just a passing that, that, that's that's a good heuristic um, you know you watching yourself for 2 weeks and seeing uh whether whether or not uh whether you're not able to function uh you know optimally uh for for more than 2 weeks and uh yeah hopefully that that provides a good framework for you to determine whether you want to uh, talk to a therapist mm-hmm. uh, if if you live in the US you can use uh, psychology today to find a therapist uh who works in mm-hmm. uh, your neighborhood or or your city and uh for people in India I just did a google search yesterday for uh you know therapists uh working in in Mumbai and yeah there are there are a lot of them uh who are available and you can also schedule uh appointments online for uh, uh you know a, a therapy session on video so mm-hmm. looks like uh you know ther- therapists everywhere are actually set up 
to provide services online so that's that's actually a good thing um yeah so we'll link those resources in uh, the show notes uh, so that uh, you can uh, refer back to them now outside of therapy let's uh, talk about what are the things that people can do in general to take care of their mental health because they would probably be meeting uh, you know their professionals maybe once a week or once yeah. every couple of weeks so beyond that uh, what what can people do to make sure that they are taking care of their mental health um i think that everyone has uh, things that very naturally help them feel relaxed or even help them take some distance or from their problems and noticing things like that in your own life is a good first step i as someone who has never met you can't really tell you what's good for you but i do know that the science shows that there are ways in which the parts of the brain that are very naturally geared towards helping you relax those parts of the brain get activated in different ways meditation prayer breathing exercise singing dancing anything that involves the full body to actually just spark joy those things are very naturally activating the parts of your brain that help you relax so noticing in your own life what helps you relax uh is a good first step um and fact, it's probably probably mm-hmm. a good idea to observe uh whether there are things that you can do on your own uh, yeah. as as opposed to you know a, a group activity uh, you know yeah. and uh, going back to the examples that that you mentioned you know meditation mm. deep breathing exercise typically all of these things can be done on mm-hmm. your own and i'm i'm, I'm guessing whether mm. getting that me time uh, yeah. is 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 something that uh, can be helpful in this yeah. situation Yeah because I think sometimes also having a better relationship with yourself is like one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself. A lot of times we are trying to run away from ourselves, run away from our thoughts and our feelings. We look for distractions because it's so hard to tolerate being alone with ourselves. So finding, you know, like Krishna was saying, finding these activities that you can do on your own is actually one way of learning to also hang out with yourself. um so yeah and uh, the the best practices that uh, that that will actually work for you are the ones that you will actually continue to do uh, mm-hmm. no regardless of what they are i mean uh, a lot of people don't have time to uh, you know work out 2 hours a day so yeah. uh, that that's definitely not going to uh, be useful to you but maybe you can find 10 minutes in the morning where you know you can uh just do a couple of uh squats and then you know stretch yeah. out your shoulders or something and if if you can consistently put in those 10 minutes every morning then that is definitely going to be something uh that that will benefit you and and it will benefit you if you are able to do it consistently uh, right. similarly if if you like meditation you will benefit from meditation if you do it consistently several days a week so and so um i'm my 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 tip would be to find something that you would consistently do mm-hmm. day after day totally. 
some some something that that you would be able to fit uh, within your busy day maybe in the beginning of the of the day or maybe at the end of the day if you have family obligations if you have kids then typically uh, you know finding time for yourself may become challenging so uh, you know either the early or the late part of the day if you can find one 10 or 15 minute block where uh, you do something just for yourself uh, where where you basically sit with something that that you enjoy right. and if you can do it day after day uh, then my my guess is that that will definitely help you absolutely absolutely uh, the best coping strategy is the one that you can do on a sustainable basis so spot on with that cool uh, so i think that's a good uh, point to end right now and uh, we are eager to hear from our friends about uh, what actually works for them or uh, questions of uh, questions about things that they are actually curious about things yeah. that might have come up uh, by listening to this conversation we are uh, very interested in uh, knowing uh, what what you're thinking and whether there are things that we can address in future episodes absolutely all right thank you everyone <laughs>